Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole life natural approach to health and the life-altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine. All right, welcome to Nutrigenomic Nation, where we talk about nutritional-based healthcare technology and emerging trends related to your genetic health. And today, we have a very special guest with us. We have Dr. Livingood. Dr. Livingood is a, uh, a doctor of natural medicine and a chiropractic physician. He's also a best-selling author, and he has won numerous awards, and we're just very, very thankful that we could have him on our program today. So welcome, Dr. Livingood. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be on. Awesome. Well, a first question I like to ask all of our guests is we want to get to know you a little bit and just know your background. So why did you choose natural medicine and chiropractic as a career and, and how did you get started? Yeah, I would, I would say, and you know, maybe lots would say this, I think it chose me instead of me choosing it. First off, my name is actually Dr. Livingood. So with a name like that, you got no choice but to be a doctor. That's usually one of the first questions I get. So it was meant to be. Uh, my brother went down this path. He actually is, uh, is a chiropractor as well. Uh, but really where the story started is uh, I'm a year and a half into getting the doctorate, learning all the primary care side of things. And I get that phone call. And that's the one you don't want to get. I stepped in the hallway. I remember the day super clear in my head still. I remember the design on the carpet right where I was. But I stepped out of class and my mom on the other end of the phone, she's bawling. Uh, I, you know, mom, what's going on? She said, Blake, it's your dad. Uh, his heart just shut down. He's being airlifted to Mayo Clinic and you need to come home right away. And so it's those moments where we really realize how valuable our health is. It's the number one asset that we have. And until we lose it, oftentimes we don't realize how important it is. And it's not even when you lose your health, it's when a loved one does. Uh, as well. And so I watched my dad, you know, he gets airlifted to Mayo Clinic and I watched him go through something. I'm trying to prevent everyone on this planet from having to go through. And that's the American healthcare system. <laughs> so my dad spends two months, or excuse me, two years at Mayo Clinic. So you're at some of the top doctors in the country. And before this happened, he has no symptoms. He's on no medication. He has to pass a physical for UPS, which is pretty strenuous physical in order to drive the truck for them. So he's from the outside, a picture of health. And what you guys talk a lot about, it's, it's not how things look on the outside or even how you feel, it's how well you're functioning. And he was not functioning well and he didn't know it. And so that's where a lot of us end up in this state of disease in our country. And so he goes through 15 different doctors, 15 medications uh, later. He can't bike, he can't work, he can't fish, he has open heart surgery. And January uh, 5th, 2008, he loses his hearing completely. So uh, what a holiday gift for us that wow. year. So, you know, we just watched everything get devastated. And then of course that has a rippling effect for mom and dad, their marriage, their finances, and watch my family nearly go bankrupt because of our system. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's, it's quite a story. And, and it's uh, you talk about the, the American healthcare system. Um, I mean, you said in one of your videos, even that no one is going to take care or care more about you than you. 
And that kind of struck with me, but what, what do you mean by that? And, and what does that really say about our healthcare system that we're living with today? Yeah, and so it is, no one's coming for you, meaning you have to take care of yourself. Like it's up to you, it's your responsibility. No one's gonna take better care of your body than you. And I realized that after being in there for two years with my dad. So we're at Mayo Clinic, literally at the time, uh, there's the, the president overseeing all of Mayo Clinic. His name was Dennis Cortese. And Dennis was interviewed and they asked him, Dennis, how would you fix healthcare today? And his answer is you can't. You can't fix something that doesn't exist. He goes, it's like having a car and then you go to the garage to fix the car and you realize, oh, I don't have a car. You can't fix something that doesn't exist. So this is the guy in charge of the hospital that's dictating my dad's health. Now, there's some really good doctors, really good people. I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying he's telling us the system's not meant to get you healthy. It's to manage his sickness and disease. And if all you do is manage your sickness and disease with drugs and surgeries, then all you get is sickness and disease. But if you build health and focus on the activities of building health, that's when you get it. And so I had that realization and I was in school to become a doctor and I still didn't understand. I knew a lot about disease, but I didn't understand how to get people actually well. And so we pull them out of Mayo Clinic and that was it. It scared my mom because you know, she's dealing with $250,000 in medical debt. My grandpa's like, you're pulling them out of Mayo? What do you do at Mayo Clinic? And my like, grandpa, you are not an expert on getting people healthy. So someone needed to hear that probably today. Of If you're listening to your cousin or your spouse or your sister or your friend, and they're not an expert in getting healthy, why are you listening to their advice when it comes to getting healthy? You got to take responsibility for your own health. In this scenario, I needed to take responsibility for my dad's health. And that's when we uh, moved him out of there, moved him into our home. Uh, my wife and I were down in Georgia. She's a nurse at the children's hospital in Atlanta. She's got a career nursing job. I'm full on doing the doctorate thing. Dad moves in and we spend uh, 90 days. And just with uh, the principles of building health and focusing on that, we got him off all 15 medications. He, uh, just before he was leaving, he hands me this box and it's full of pills. And I'm like, what's this? He goes, I don't need it anymore. He'd been weaning himself off. I didn't even tell him to do it. Hands me the box, one of the coolest gifts I've ever gotten. I still have it. And send him home. He goes biking again. He goes fishing again and gets to make memories with my mom. And that's when I knew. Um, there's a Mark Twain quote that says the two best days in your life. Day number one is the day you're born. Number two is the day you find out why. And that's the day I found out why. And so my wife quits nursing and we realize we have a responsibility now to, if we found that out with dad, we took responsibility for his health. We want to go empower other people to be responsible for theirs. And so we started up a clinic in North Carolina and, and uh, yeah, now it's uh, across the country, helping people across the globe. Yeah. It's, it's like no one takes financial advice from their, their broke uncle. So why exactly. should they take medical advice from people that aren't in healthcare? It's, it's such good advice. And, and you're talking about it, like people, they put so much faith in, our medical system and our doctors just thinking that, oh, they're going to know. These are smart people. They're going to know what's wrong with me and they're going to be able to fix me and, and I'll be okay. And that's just not the case in, in many cases. Like you said, there's a lot of good doctors out there, a lot of good treatments, and, and they get things right here and there. But it, we have that. It's the expectation that we have, I think, of the medical system that that is misguided. Is that right? Yeah. So you can't look. I mean, if just simple analogy. If you look at nature. So you have a pond full of fish and the fish are sick. What do you do? A, give them aspirin, dump a bunch of pills in the water to make them healthy, try to make them healthy. B, pull the fish out of the water, do microsurgery on them and put them back into the water. Or C, clean up the water. 
Like you would not approach issues in nature. I don't care if it's a fish or a plant to get them well. Like if your plant is wilting, you water it, you give it sunlight, you speak to it and give it carbon dioxide and you change the soil. So somehow we're thinking that doesn't apply to us, but we like we're, we're human beings here. There's laws of nature at work. And if we don't follow those, it doesn't go well. So it's really getting back to those foundational pieces of you have to build health in order to get it. I'm very thankful to live in a country where I could get flown to a hospital if I needed to in an ambulance, if I had a car accident or a heart attack. I'm really thankful for that stuff. It saves lives in a crisis. All right. So Dr. Levy, could you use the analogy of, of a pond and sick fish? Could you, can you tell our listeners about that? I think that's a wonderful analogy for people to identify with. Well, you just, it, you wouldn't approach how we're approaching healthcare for a human being like you would in, in nature. It doesn't line up. So like if, for example, if you had a pond full of sick fish, you knew they were diseased, they're growing tumors, they're, you know, whatever's going on at the fish, what would you do to fix the problem? Would you A, dump medication into the pond, fill it full of aspirin or whatever it is, B, take the fish out of the pond and do micro fish surgery to the, to the fish, or C, clean up the pond water? You would clean up the environment. It's, it's no different for our own bodies as it is for a fish, as it is for a plant. If your plant is wilting in your house, what do you got to do? You got to talk to it and give it carbon dioxide. You got to change the soil. You got to put it in the sunlight. got to give it water. There's requirements of how those things are made in order to function. Your body is no different. We require certain things to make it go. And if we give it to them, we're healthy and we thrive. If we don't, we start to wilt or we start to get sick, just like the fish. So it's not it, the healthcare system we have today, it's focused mostly on sick care and managing sickness as opposed to actually being real healthcare. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I think that quote you had was, was very applicable. No one's going to care about more you than more than you. And, yeah. and I like to say, you know, self-care is the new healthcare. It's, it's, we got to take our, our responsibility and not put, put it on doctors and other people. Like you said, no one's coming to save you. Uh, so I, I love that. I, I think I think people really need to be more proactive uh, about their health. And in fact, you wrote in one of your articles um, that you need to replace the medicine cabinet with a wellness cabinet. What what is exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so I mean, you either start making these choices, or disease will make it for you. And so one of them is. I always growing up, we had some. Like my parents did pretty well. Like we weren't just. I wasn't naturally. Uh, prone to like just pop a pill when I wasn't feeling well or I didn't I, I prided myself my entire elementary and middle and high school I didn't miss a single day of school I got like a little certificate at the end of that, so we'll see if that was worth it or not but it wasn't sick it wasn't run down it's like you just kind of push through it you gave your body what it needs you're always thinking sort of what's causing this what's driving this why do I have the sniffle why do I have the cough but what I've um, now built up in my house and what I teach not only did I teach in a clinical level patients but now thousands of people across the country um, is just, there's some powerful herbs or some powerful natural remedies and things you can reach for that don't have a negative effect. And so what we're always trying to look at is for every doctor on the planet, first do no harm. So if the thing does harm, is there a better way we could go about this without having to sacrifice side effects and still get a desired result? So there's some simple things to put in your wellness cabinet. And I teach people to sort of build it up like Coilotal silver. I mean, it's extremely powerful, antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral. If you get it in a proper form, so it's, there's some bad ones out there, but if you get a decent form of it, it's really good for like that infection on your skin or that, you know, sore throat that you have, or you have a tooth that hurts. Coconut oil is fantastic for doing oil pulling. I mean, that's not even in the wellness cabinet, that's in the kitchen cabinet, but you start using these natural things. And so when something goes down and we have a cough, we have a sneeze, we get a cut, we just have these more natural remedies that we turn to first 
And sometimes it isn't always obvious which one to use. And we can kind of test them out and see which one's good for my kids and my wife. Uh, and then we can avoid having to use a drug, having to use the toxins. We try to keep all that stuff out of our lives as much as possible, uh, unless there's an emergent situation. So replacing that medicine cabinet with a wellness cabinet, it's an easy step. Yeah, it seems very, very simple for, for people to do and uh, if, if they know what to look for. So what, what are some of the things that you may recommend that some of those, you, know, you mentioned mentioned a few things, but what are some other things you would put in that wellness cabinet? Yeah, you know, I really like a little silver. That's good for just any kind of infection, skin or throat. Um, I really like uh, the coconut oil, which I mentioned. There's multiple uses for that. Um, I like, you know, just from a cough suppressant side of things, being able to have certain teas around in the house to be able to suppress it, whether it's a, you know, maybe a ginger base or a peppermint base, those are simple things to be having in there. I like oil of oregano for anything viral and, um, you know, some of this essential oil type things. Um, and some of those essential oils that you may be using, maybe rubbing it on your chest, a eucalyptus or something, peppermint maybe that's going to open you up at night. Um, I like the um, uh, uh, apple cider vinegar is good for any kind of skin blemish. Uh, I like tea tree oil for any skin blemish. So it's, you know, th there's an extensive list, of course, that you can go into, but those are the things that are sitting in my, in my cupboard, in my rest, in, you know, in the bathroom that we're using instead of reaching for Neosporin, instead of reaching for an antibiotic, instead of reaching for, you know, a lot of these things that have major consequences when it could be handled with something that doesn't have side effects. Yeah, things that do no harm. I love that. And uh, I, you've written a lot of, lot of articles and, and given a lot of talks. And one of the things you, you mentioned a lot is, is about inflammation. Um, and inflammation, I've heard, is just called the silent killer. Yep. Uh, every disease that ends in itis, you know, itis means inflammation. So how important is inflammation for us to manage and, and how, what are some ways we can lower it naturally? Yeah. So I got a front row seat of what this does to a human being. So my dad was just completely full of it. I mean, if you would have had, um, if, you know, if RA, RA was on the spectrum and, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, there's one of those itises where your body's filled with inflammation. My dad was like the 5X extreme version of that. And, um, and so he's completely full of it to the point where he it knocked out his hearing. That's how bad it was. He was taking prednisone. They started him on 20 milligrams a day of it and they upped him to 50 milligrams a day. And when you're on a drug like that, I it ate the, a divot in his nose. So it physically deformed him, ate the cartilage out of his knees. Wow. So it really started to research this back then. And Time Magazine at the time came out with an article calling it the silent killer, as you just referred to. And if they've, we have direct links of inflammation to heart disease, cancer, uh, all the autoimmune diseases, of course, and then um, Alzheimer's and dementia. So this fire on the inside is just a response. Like you don't want to take all the inflammation away because if you roll your ankle, it inflames and it swells. That's called healing. And it's there to make sure that you don't keep walking on that ankle so it can heal. So it's not that all inflammation is bad. It's just we have so many things that are setting us over the edge that are inflaming our system uh, in our environment today. The way we eat, the air we breathe, the chemicals we come in contact with, all of these are bombarding the system and your body's trying to fight. And it fights through inflammation to try to get that stuff out of you, but it hurts and it has a catabolic effect. It has a breakdown effect inside your system. Uh, so I think it's, it, it's enormous. We all have to be thinking, is the activity I'm gonna be doing is the thing that I'm eating increasing my inflammation, adding to the fire? Is it gasoline to the problem or are, am I reducing it? And we see some really, really cool results when you get inflammation under control, which can just be lifestyle changes, simple things to be, to be taking steps forward with. And you mentioned inflammation is just kind of being underlying of, of some autoimmune disorders. Um, so what, what are autoimmune, autoimmune disorders and what are some effective remedies for that? 
Yeah, so kind of tying both of these in, I guess, and then talking about some of the remedies of what people can do. But essentially, where a lot of this is coming from is from the gut. And so your, the lining of your gut is designed to absorb the proper nutrients. Your body can build and use the raw materials it needs in order to have a strong building. Well, there's junctions essentially in your gut that are allowing the absorption of the nutrients and keeping the things out that are not supposed to get in. Well, we are constantly bombarding that, that gut and that lining. And so it starts to wear down and there becomes permeability problems. Things get in that should not get in. And so the number one step to start to control inflammation is to stop adding gasoline to the fire. And the major ones for this, number one is sugar. And sugar is the absolute gasoline. You can feel it sometimes. You know what I'm talking about. Like if you've had, you know, mm. you like you splurged on the donuts, you went for the pizza, you had the big pasta meal, and you can feel that the next morning in your hands, in your joints. Uh, but that damages the lining of the gut, as do all of the antibiotics that we end up taking, not only one, because we're not reaching for things in the wellness cabinet, we're reaching for the medicine cabinet. We have a little sniffle, we have an infection, and we drop the atomic bomb on what was a literally a fist fight. Uh, and we just knock everything out. We knock the bad ones out and the good ones, but it's in our, it's in our dairy products and our meat products and a huge amount. And the primary source of you getting antibiotics in are coming from those foods. So I always teach people, if you're tight on the grocery bill, switch over the meat and dairy products because there's so much more toxicity in a 2000 pound cow than there is in the head of broccoli. So you want to just clean those up. So that's um, number two, the major one. Then there is general food allergies on um, that some people are, are susceptible to. Uh, and then another big one are the pesticides that are on the foods. And we know um, they're, they mostly contain high amounts of glyphosate. Monsanto um, recently lost lawsuits and there are several lawsuits ongoing right now proving that glyphosate, which is in its product Roundup, main pesticide used on our products, created uh, a form of lymphoma in a gentleman and they mm. won in a court of law and proved it. And he got a hundred million dollar settlement. Um, so we know this stuff sits in the gut lining and when it sits in there, it starts to create a separation uh, and it breaks down the gut. And so it allows those toxins in that should not be getting in and it creates problems because your body can't simply break it down. So some of the main ways is it's, you know, everything I'm talking about there is cleaning up your eating. So if you can cut the sugar, you can start cranking up some healthy fats and make sure they don't have all those extra um, antibiotics and hormones in them with the meats that we're eating, the dairy that we're eating. Uh, and then you can just start to decrease the amount of pesticides you're coming in contact with. You're a big way there of protecting your gut, which controls 80% of the inflammation and the immune system in your system. So um, that is the key place to start with autoimmune related conditions is healing and fixing the gut. Right. So to avoid those things that are causing the harm there uh, in general is what you're talking about with, with yeah. a lot of those recommendations. And that kind of ties into my next question, because we're in the midst of this pandemic and all the everything you hear on the news about the CDC recommendations, um, you know, what the government is telling us, I call it ways of hiding from the virus. And no one really is talking about preparing your body to actually come in contact, you know, if you were to get infected, because ultimately viral infections until, you know, there's, there's a vaccine that a lot of people are, are putting their hopes on, it's really up to your immune system to fight off any type of viral infections. And so uh, I think boosting your immune system is, is super important. And so what, what are some great ways of, of boosting our immune system just in case we come in contact with, with things like COVID-19? Absolutely. On a daily basis, every human being comes in contact with a thousand different viruses or fragments of a virus. Think about that for a second. 
a thousand, like your body has done this over and over and over. And a coronavirus is not new. We've known about them for probably 30 years. And so this is not, yes, it's new from a symptom standpoint and the world is very scared and some people will get harmed. And that's, you know, that's not fun. That's not, you know, it's unfortunate in that regard. And I, and I hope that doesn't happen to people I know or, or any of you listening, but viruses are not a new thing. And so we understand how to prepare the body from it. Number one, the best way to boost your immune system is not to suppress it. So see what we just talked about. Cleaning up your eating goes a long ways to do that. Then there's some very simple nutrients we know on a daily basis if you can put in, and we've even had some studies done already with COVID to understand things like vitamin D going in the system in a proper amount, extremely important. Now I prefer all of us to get it from the sun if we could, but the reality is depending on where you live, it's not going to happen. And we spend 93 to 96% of our time indoors. So we're already at a disadvantage, which means you have to be putting this in and research shows not only is it good for immune system, but heart health and um, digestive health, diabetes health, uh, a lot of different cancers are dictated because it boosts the immune system so much. So properly getting it into your system, making sure that you take D3 instead of D2 is preferable because that's the type that your skin uses in order to convert. And then it, it will deplete some of your minerals if you just load up on it. So you want to be sure you're taking it with its friends and its friends are A, D, E, and K. Those are the fat soluble vitamins, which means you need to eat fat. Otherwise you're not going to absorb the vitamin D and you need to take them, the friends together ideally to have a good balance. So they're working together. And then it can deplete magnesium in the body if you don't put enough of it in. So I really like to have that in there. A second culprit that I would look at outside of vitamin D is zinc. We know this has been an immune booster, immune fighter for a long time, very good against viruses and upper respiratory infections. So I like to add zinc on a daily basis and then good old vitamin C. It's been there. It's not going away. And so just getting proper amounts of that and you can eat those through, you know, citrusy fruits are a good place to start. Just make sure there's not too much sugar. Um, I happen to supplement during this time of year, try to get a little bit extra in as well. Um, you don't need to overdo it. And if you do, it'll kind of make the stools loose a bit. And that's how you know you've reached your maximum. Um, but I think you should be, you know, pushing the limits a bit during the colder season or during an outbreak of D, zinc, and vitamin C, I think is a great, um, you know, threesome right there to start with to really get the system going. And there's probably several others, of course, that we could talk about. Awesome. Well, this has all been great information. I'm, I, you know, I don't know about our listeners, but for me, uh, that's just some great analogies that you use and some great advice uh, that everybody can, can use really to go back to where you started, which was uh, that we need to care, take care of ourselves. No one's coming to rescue us. Let's take care of ourselves. Self-care is the new health care. Um, and, and I just love, I love that, that whole theme that, that just ties right into what our list, listeners uh, really need to hear. And so thank you so much, Dr. Living Good. But one last question for you. Where can our audience go to learn more about you or how to connect with you? Well, it's, it's interesting. I'll, and I'll end it with this statement and, and show you guys where to go because just remember why you started on this journey to do all of this. The reason why you began and wanted to get healthy it wasn't to look good in a bathing suit. It wasn't just to lose some weight. It wasn't even just to come off medication. There is a reason you're alive right now and have breath in your lungs. There's a purpose. There's someone that's counting on you. There's something you are being charged to do or have aspirations to do. And you cannot do that if you don't have your health. So the whole purpose of what I do is obviously my name being Dr. Living Good <laughs> is to equip you to help you live good so that you can go do good in the world. And so you can find us at livinggooddaily.com. 
And so that's what we're helping people to do to get you healthy. So then you could do all the other things that you're designed to do, but you can't do it without your health. That's why it's the foundational piece. I think of living a good life uh, because I saw it firsthand with my dad losing it. So livinggooddaily.com, there's a free book there. If you want to grab for any listeners, uh, living good daily is the book uh, and just all the ways that you can connect and we can, you know, be a guide and be honored to do that um, to walk you through how to build health, but I can't do it for you. I can't carry on this journey. You got to do it yourself. So it's really, you know, pointed towards helping equip people to do it. Awesome. Great stuff. Well, our guest has been Dr. Livingood. He's a doctor of natural medicine and a chiropractic physician, as well as a best-selling author. Uh, and we're so grateful that you could be with us today. So from all of us at Nutrigenomic Nation, I hope you all enjoyed our discussion today. And we hope you join us next time when we discuss other topics related to your good health. Thank you so much for listening. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>